Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shir. Part of the art of learning Chumash, David, is we all learned it as kids. And unfortunately, Elio, we don't rethink what we learned as a youngster. And we remain years later with a very childish view of Torah. Now we learn a wonderful Torah as a five-year-old. But we have to relearn it, restudy it as we get older, as we get 17, 18, 19, 30, 60. To re- Hashem's talking to us and saying something to us. I want to learn a story all of us learned as kids, but I think we kept a very childish perspective. I want to offer a new perspective that I think is very, very instructive. All of us learned about Esav, and so it's Chazal. It says, Esav was Sayyid. Ish Sayyid, Yodeyat Sayyid. In English, Yodeyat Sayyid could mean he was a trapper, he knew how to hunt. But the word Sayyid also can mean to ensnare is somebody who's a trickster, who through lying ensnares people in a traps of lies. And what does it mean Yosef was a liar? Who was he lying to? Chazal say that he was very much lying to one person, to Yitzchak, his father. And we're taught, Rashi brings it, He was busy tricking and lying to Yitzchak. That's the story we learned as a youngster. And the picture, we've all seen that guy who acts very from to a Rebbe. Oh, Rebbe, Rebbe. And it, it gets you angry. You know in the dorm the guy is mean. The guy is nasty. And in front of Rebbe, he's like such an idle guy, and he's so sweet. He's like, oh, you faker. Like, stop it. But he acts. We've all seen people in front of other people. In front, You could have a sibling who's very rough on you, and in front of the public is all sweet and dear. And it's frustrating. That's not how it behaves to you. So we're taught that Asa behaved very from to Yitzchak and to everybody else. That wasn't who Esav was. So our visual as a little kid, we picture Esav's a big faker. And you picture this murderous villain. And in front of Yitzchak, he acts like a tzaddik, which is, which is the story and it's the correct picture. I want to ask you, David, I want to study it as a more mature person. And perhaps we miss something. Now as a kid... The picture, Ben, see the picture? Is the mic presenting the picture that we, that all of us, did anybody here not get that picture as a youngster of Esav? I assume that's the picture of Esav, so the faker, and his, to his father he acts from and sincere and so real and so special. And there's this fraud, there's this guy who's a murderer, he's a big balaver, and he was busy tricking Yitzchak. There are many questions on that view. Yitzchak didn't pick it up. How many youngsters t- try to trick a Rebbe? Picture, go back to fifth grade, and the Rebbe knows. He's, good, he's well aware. He's watching recess, by the way. So Yitzchak, Yitzchak, the job of a father is to know his kid. So Yitzchak Avinu didn't understand all this? There are a lot of caches on our view and our vision. What is that? So I want to share from Rabbi Simcha Bonim Peshischa an entirely different understanding of the story that's remarkably instructive. And listen to what Rabbi Simcha Bonim Peshischa said, Eliyahu. I think, it's, it's, I think it's incredibly enlightening. He said like this. Rabbi Gamliel said that Rabbi Gamliel in Chazal, the great Tana, praises Esav HaRasha. And he says his kibbara ve'em was otherworldly. What was so impressive about his kibbara ve'em? When he served his parents, he had special clothing that he would put on to serve his parents. So his mom or dad would ask for a drink. He would get dressed. You can imagine he got dressed in garments and got to drink. In amazing respect. I want to, I'll, I'll share something. Clothing is not my strength. I'm very proud of my kids. They dress well. Clothing is a weakness. I, I don't even know the art of keeping a shirt neat. I, I, I meet people, all of a sudden I notice, like, it's, daddy, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I, I pushed and went, to, it was clean. Don't blame my wife. She cleaned, it was mamish clean. Then you see black dandruff. So I don't know. I have, don't even have enough hair to produce dandruff. And dandruff, clothing's always been a challenge. And it's not a shita. I tried. 
I don't wear a tie because it's just another garment that's going to get stained. I don't do well with clothing, so I don't have a tie. Lemaisa, Lemaisa, that it, there was a period in my life that for Shabbos, I didn't have special big day Shabbos. Remember, it doesn't mean a lot to me. It's not my chill. So I wore, I wore, the, the, I, I, I have a shirt, I had pants. I wore, put, I put on a tie. I guess the tie was big day Shabbos. And somewhere along the line, I thought to myself that it's not about for you. That for Shabbos, there's something moving and respectful. Put on garments for Shabbos. When I very move when a guy wears clothing for davening. He puts on a jacket. There's something, we get so used to being forced and upset by it. There's something so touching that a guy before he prays to Hashem puts on a special garment. For Shabbos, Kaddish, don't get used to it. I'm not used to it. I know, the tzitzis that I made with Ophir, those tzitzis are one of, is a piece of garment. I don't make a shechion on a new suit because I'm not excited, frankly. So I don't make, there's Allah, if you're excited, you should make a shechionu. I bought a brand new car, I did not make a shechionu. It's not my thing. It's nice, I have a car. It's not my thing. I did not make a shechionu. On those tzitzis, even though Ramesha says not to on tzitzis, Rav Asherai says two, and I made a shechion on my tzitzis. It, I, the, the, what the atmosphere in the room during the making of that tzitzis, I'd never seen, that, that was one of, the, my, one of my greatest moments in my life, sitting here with Ophir, sitting here with the Chevra, Avram and I were making, the, the whole room, the whole matzah, the sincerity was crazy, and, and those tzitzis mean a lot to me. I made a decision, Bulin Eder, I'm not wearing those tzitzis, because I decided that's my Shabbos Begid. And that, since the Baruch Hashem, we've had a Shabbos, so that's my Shabbos Begid. And to have begotten for Shabbos is a big deal, is a sign of respect. Hashem is here, Hashem's here all week, but on Shabbos, like the Beis HaMikdash. Hashem's everywhere in the world. What do we mean he's in the Beis HaMikdash? It means that we have the possibility of perceiving him more in the Beis HaMikdash. Hashem's here all week. Shabbos, it's easier to feel Hashem. And I want on that day that he visits us, allows us to perceive him more, I want to have special garments. And so I have tzitzis for that Shabbos. I have pants I only wear on Shabbos. I try even for a chasna. You could wear, I try, those aren't the pants I wear for a chasna. That's a Shabbos pants. I try to have a Shabbos shirt. That shirt, I leave for Shabbos. To have begotten designed, it shows an appreciation for something of respect. And Esau had such respect for his parents, pretty remarkable, that if his parents asked him to do something, he would wear garments to do it. That's what Rev. Gamliel said. Are you guys impressed with Esau? It's pretty impressive. Pretty amazing. I picture the scene. Like He obviously didn't hold up his pants. His mom says, take out the garbage. He's like, one minute. She obviously did. He'd come back down in beautiful garments. He'd put on his hat and jacket and tie. He had garments to serve his parents. Remarkable. And every time Chazal says something, the pshuta is true. It's true. Esau had garments. But Rav Simcha Bonim of Peshischa asked the following Kasha Hevra. And he asked, Rav Gamliel said that we don't reach anything near Esav's Kibravim. And what's amazing, he wore garments to serve his parents. He asked Rav Simcha Bonim, so why doesn't Rav Gamliel start doing that? Rav Gamliel is a pretty intense fellow. He could also start putting on garments to serve your parents. He's like, says, we don't reach Esav's Madrega, incredible. He wore garments to serve his parents. So, instead of being amazed, so do the same thing. You know, we could say what stops us, we're not, we're not, we're not disciplined enough, we're not dedicated enough. I promise you, if Gamliel was dedicated enough, Instead of being dazzled, and he said Esav is much bigger than us because he did this. He, he praises Esav's Kibbut Avim. So why don't he just do it, Zach? Good Kasha? That's what Simcha Bonim of Peshischa is. Ophir, good question. Elio, intelligent. Just do it. If you're so amazed and you think that's spectacular, so start the new custom instead of. And he says specifically that Esau's much bigger than us in Kibbutz Avim because he did it. So I have a simple answer: start doing it. Listen, to what Rav Simcha Bonim said, Elio. 
Reb Semcho Bonim said, certainly when Chazal say something, ain't a medrash yaitzim deipshutai. They mean it literally. And so Judd, it's true. Esav wore special clothing to serve his father. He, Chazal say it, Aryeh and then it's true. Says Reb Semcho Bonim, but Chazal means something else as well. It says he wore begadim to serve his father. Begadim means what you portray. It means as follows. Esav, you, all your life, you heard Esav fooled Yitzchak like he was some fraud. That's not the story, said of Simchabonim. It means Esav had massive respect for Yitzchak. Now, Esav had a lot of confusion. He wore begadim to serve his father means out of respect for his father, he didn't show his father any of his confusion. Not the picture you had when you were seven of a faker, of a low life. It was very seriously thought out. Out of respect to dad, complete respect to his dad, he, he played the part. That was really him. He had godless ace, so he was Yitzchak's son. He said, let me behave in all my clarity in front of my father. I'm not showing my father the other sides of me. Why? I don't want to hurt dad. That's out of respect. My father's a special person. I owe it to him. I owe it to him. Out of respect for dad. It sounds even like a good cheshben. I owe my father that. In front of him, I'm going to wear my yarmulke. Much deeper versions of this. Would you have any blame if a guy said, out of respect to my parents, I'm going to wear a yarmulke? I'm very impressed. Respect to my parents. Not a guy who's trying to trick anybody. He wasn't trying to do trickery to be a fraud. He had respect for his parents. And in respect to his parents, he made sure. He made sure to act. That's what it means he wore special garments when he served his parents. It means that in, in, in being around his parents, he was wearing begadim. He wasn't showing all the cracks and flaws that he has. Said Reb Simchabonim, you know why Reb Gamliel didn't do that? Reb Gamliel said, you're right, Esav, you're doing something in Kibar I here, but you still remain Esav because Lemaisi, you faked. Reb Simchabonim said that Reb Gamliel wasn't willing to give up on Emes, on truth. This is who I am, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm not willing to do that. And he became one of the greats, Reb Gamliel. So it's true, he might have sacrificed in Kibar and there's what to praise him at Esav's Kibar Avim. There's what to praise him what he did, but he remained Esav because he didn't face the truth. And Rav Gamliel wasn't willing to do that. I'm not wearing special begotten. This is who I am. My parents are going to know who I am. In his unwillingness for Sheker, in an unwillingness to lie, he presented who he was. Hagam, there might have been some... Break in Kibar Aveim. Maybe for Kibar Aveim, don't show. But he was unwilling to be fake at all. That is what Reb Simcha Bunim remarkably, remarkably taught us. I know this. I'm not, I, I don't want to hear questions, and I'll tell you why. Any single guy says, okay, so practically, Kalish. And in Musr, I don't like each person has to make decisions. And we have decisions in our life. Practically, I'm up there out of respect to my parents if I do this. But I also want them to know who I am. I'm not answering how to resolve every detail these, each person has to think. But I want to bring out from Semchobonim the tremendous lessons of honesty and the new way of understanding Esav, who was lying to his father, he learns there was cheshbainus not to tell the truth. Cheshbainus, even cheshbainus that, that come from places of respect, etc. But still, all in all, said of Simcha Bonim, you produce an Esav like that. At the end of the day, you pro- it's interesting. I, I'm coming off a season doing a lot of interviews for the yeshiva. And I, I know the conversation the morning of an interview, many of these, many guys coming to an interview have, where the parent will say to the kid, where the parent will say all different lies again, put on a white shirt, I'm not doing that for the interview. What's going on is the kid saying, I want to be accepted who I am. 
And mom is saying something strong. She's saying there's a normal way of dressing for an interview. There's a respect. And the kid is saying something strong that I want to be accepting who I am. Reb Simcha Bunu is saying something else. There's a world of honesty where we're not willing to portray. And if you know anything about the Peshischa dynasty of Kutsk, that there was a tremendous dugish on honesty, on be yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself. So I wanted to share this today. I wanted to share this with the guys, this perspective of what Asa was doing. It's a much more sophisticated, the perspective of the youngster, of the great faker who's trying. It's a much more sophisticated situation where he actually had respect for his dad. And the Avera, the way of Simcha Bonim is teaching us, is that within your wanting to respect and not rock the boat, Asa forgot to deal with himself. It's a whole different perspective of Simcha Bonim. I think it, 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 it's much more teaching to us. It teaches us a lot. And certainly there are times in our life to have respect and to dress certain ways and to say, I know I have a struggle. There are certainly times for that respect. And certainly times we have to say that I want to be respectful. It's not the time. Guys went to interviews from the yeshivas. I wanted very badly guys to wear white shirts. It had nothing to do with getting into Emre, where if you don't go to white shirt, they, they respect you. And I wanted a guy to learn respect to the interview. So there's certainly a cheshben. Esau's not, his cheshben is not all wrong, but it's a question, could you get lost in that? Could you become a world where all you are is presenting? And what Rabsim Chobunim is saying is that, that that's a danger. That Esau, in doing something and showing his father a certain way, it could become your lifestyle. At the end of the day, he becomes Sayyid Befiv, a fraud. With good cheshbainus, with a sense of respect from a place of that, is a danger. And in Peshischa, they taught us to be very wary of that danger. To not forget. So I want a guy to wear a white shirt for the interview because respect for the interview. And that, that's, that's real too. But I also want to teach what the yeshivas cares a lot about is not to lose sight of where I am, who I am, what I need to work on. I don't think it contradicts. Theoretically, a guy could dress up for his parents, we are begotten. I think Rev Gamliel was wary of this sugya, and Rev Simcha Bonin was pointing out that it didn't necessarily take Esav. In doing that to the extreme, it actually hurt an Esav. So I wanted to share this incredible Rev Simcha Bonin. Isn't that interesting, Matis? I wanted to share this with the Chevra. It's moving to me, the world of honesty, and making sure that there's an honest person in touch with self, that moves me a lot, and I wanted to share that with the guys. I, I felt there was something I to share. I have another thing I want to share. The hour is getting late, but we haven't heard in way too long from Yehuda Zelman. So I'm going to ask Yehuda... I'm going to ask Yehuda to share with the Chever for a few minutes. I want you to hear this, Matis. Then we'll have closing words before we get ready for the bus. All right. Okay. Um, I'm going to make an attempt to do something. Um, I'm going to throw something out there. It could be totally off. So I just want to maybe start a discussion, open something up. Um, let's begin. The first, the first pasuk of this week's parsha states, "Im Okay, so if you show if you follow my decrees, and um, observe my mitzvahs, and do them. Now, Rashi asks a question. It seems to be superfluous. It says, "Im If you follow my decrees, and follow my commandments. It seems to be the same thing. My decrees, my commandments, it's, it's the same thing, right? The Pazik seems to be redundant. So it says, asks, so asks Rashi, what's the, what's the meaning of says Rashi, You should be omol in Torah. The first Pazik of this week's parasha states, with Rashi's reading, if you are omol in Torah, and if you follow my commandments, then things will be good. Okay. I want to discuss maybe a little bit what what's what is this amelus? What is amelus in general, and what's amelus batera? Now, it could be we've heard. So this is how this started: is that I I, I opened up the Mechta Melio, and there was a piece on amelus, and I started reading it, and just something didn't sit right. 
like Amelos. I'm, I've heard, I could be, I don't know. I've heard too many schmoozing by by Rabbeim or Mesh, and and something didn't sit right about about Amelos. There's always everyone's quoting the Gemara and Brachas. In a the Torah is not upheld. Only one who kills himself over Torah. And I could be, I'm the only, I don't know if I'm the only one in the room that relates to this. I, I want to know, I'm curious to know if other people relate to this. But something about Amelis didn't sit well. Like, Amelis just sounded like, kill myself over Torah. I don't want to kill myself over Torah. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound good. So I don't want to kill them. So, in a Torah, the Torah is not withheld. The Torah is not upheld only in someone who kills themselves over Torah. That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound like something I want to be involved in. Does anyone anyone here relate to that? I don't. Could be I'm the only one. Okay, fine. So thank you. Um, so I want to. Um, so I want to. I want to maybe maybe make an opening. Maybe start a conversation about what what Amelis, um, what we think, what maybe we thought it was, and and what maybe it really is. Um, so also see see this picture of Inatarim Skemas like how we picture that. It, it seems very like dreary, dark, killing myself over Torah. And then there seems to be this other, this other picture of Avas of Torah, of a love of Torah, a fascination of Torah, um, engaging with Torah. It seems to be like almost two different pictures. And there's all these, we're not going to go through all of them, but there's a lot of statements in Chazal about the importance of Amelis, of how only things that you're amal over, only things that will, will stay with you in Elam uh, Habba, only things that you're amal over will have an impact on you. Um, so I want to maybe just what what is this amelus and and if it's not this if it's not this dreary bleak dark thing of uncomfortability um, then then what is it what is amelus what is amelus I want to suggest maybe the following um, we love hard work what, what is that no we don't we do what type of hard work do we love picture the 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 athlete that's that's locked into the game. His calves are burning. His, he's been playing. It's the fourth quarter. There's five minutes left to the game. It doesn't matter. He's, he's, he's dehydrated. He has a headache. He has the flu. Uh, it, none of this matters. These things are irrelevant. He's locked into the game. He's engaged. He's interested. It, it, the fact that, the fact that he, he, he barely has any energy left, it doesn't, it's irrelevant. Um, the fact that his phone's ringing on the sideline, like, that's, that's a joke, right? He doesn't, he doesn't even notice. Um, picture the guy in the gym, right? I don't know, if you go to the gym, like, when you're doing three sets of 15, the only thing that matters is the three sets of 15. I don't know if this, ha- like, I don't know if other people here, Avi Weiner, I don't know if you relate to this, but if you're, like, getting, if you get a phone call while you're working, <coughs> at least by me, like, I always, I always forget that the person called me. Like, like, it just, I'm, I'm so involved in what I'm doing, and, like, I'll hear the phone call, and I'll see that someone's calling me, but then I'll just totally forget because I was just so involved in what I was doing, right? And even if I even if I saw the name, I just totally it'll totally slipped my mind. You relate to that? You hear that, right? Right? Like totally forget to respond to the text message. Like I saw that text. Like how did I forget about that? All right. Um, so I think I think that this type of there was a um, a psychologist. The name's impossible to pronounce. So I'm not even gonna attempt. But who was Machadish? This thing state of flow, the flow state. Flow state is when we're fully engaged in something and nothing else seems to matter. Now, how do we achieve a state of flow? It's a big conversation, but, um, so one of the things, one of the things is that the, the, the thing we're engaging in has to be not too difficult, but not too easy. It has to be right at that point where we're challenging ourselves, but it's not too easy to be boring, not too difficult that we give up. Um, that's, that's one thing, I think that's very important. And another is that we have to we have to fully engage in the thing. So I think what this means practically is two things. Before we um, before we're about to sit down and, and let's say learn, I think this this kind of this discussion applies in like a lot of places in life. But when we're about to sit down and learn and learn, this, it's not a conversation about phones. But I think just putting away your phone for a minute and saying what am I what am I about to do? What am I trying to do? Like uh, I, I want to engage fully with this thing. I want to be immersed. Now, how do we do that? It's it's like easy to say, but how do I do that? How do I get interested? How do I how do I? It it seems to be it's a it's a text. It doesn't seem so interesting. I think maybe taking a step back for a moment and saying, let's say you're about to read Chumash. Here's a text that's that's been around for thousands of years, and and we've been studying it through all of time. So if you frame it like that, then maybe 
maybe there's something interesting in here. Maybe there's something that might be intriguing. Let me go check it out. Let me see. Maybe let me open a Mishlei. Shalom the wisest man that ever existed. Maybe he has something interesting to say. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. Right? Don't, like, uh, picture someone who's, who's playing basketball and every, every 30 seconds they check their phone. Like, they never really, they didn't play at all. Like, they took a couple, they're, yeah, they're not going to enjoy the game because they didn't actually play. Right? And everything's like that. Like, you, you can't be working out and every, every minute just check your phone. It, doesn't, it won't work. Now, again, it's not a conversation about phones. It's just about everything. If you want to engage in anything properly, if you want to work and accomplish anything, you have to fully engage in it and fully and be fully involved and work. And that's the type of that's the type of work we love and that's the type of work, work we enjoy. And then when we finish, it's like a good day's work. I think that's a lot of I think that's the proper type of Amelis. I think that's the Amelis that we're really discussing. I think that's what Amelis Patera a large part of what Amelis Patera is. Now there is another part of Amelis Patera, which is not this discussion, which is doing it when it's hard. And there's yeah, there's there's you may ava, you may sin and some days learning terror is gonna be hard and some days everything's gonna be hard. Some days everything's gonna be difficult. But I think a lot of times when we talk about Amelis, at least the, the discussions and converse, and the, the shiurim that I've heard, when we talk about Amelis, we, talk, we, we right away begin the discussion on those days. We say, learn Tyra, push through, push through even when it's hard. But we skip the whole first step of engaging and doing the hard work that we enjoy. It's like someone's about to start working out, and you're like, push through the initial couple reps, and then you'll get into it and you'll enjoy it. That's the, that's the speech we should be giving, but we say, the guy's about to start working out, and you'll be like, by the way, some of these are going to hate it. Some of these are going to be the most not down. Some of these are going to be the worst show in the world, and you're going to wish like you're doing anything else but that. It's like starting from there, and like that's, that's just silly. And that's a conversation we should be having, and there, there is, that is necessary, but I think we miss a lot of times the main part of our melos, which is the engaging um, fully in the difficult parts that we love. Um, as opposed to the conversation, which is necessary and we should be having, but I think it's like, whatever you want to call it, stage two of um, when we're not down, when we're not interested. And that's a necessary conversation we should, and that is ne- there's a place for that. But I think we a lot of times miss that. Um, I th- yeah. Which part of learning is difficult that we love? Which part of learning is difficult that we love? What is meaning? Go said, elaborate. You said there's days you have to find before the, like, the hard time, hard come like you have to like find the difficult parts that you enjoy yeah so what, what are like what, what so i think enga- engaging in any conversation and discussion about there's a gemara in front of you there's a gemara in front of you that it seems to be intriguing it's a text we again taking a step back this is what i was suggesting before taking a step back of here's a text that we've been that that's that was written thousands of years ago or the, the torah thousands of years ago and this seems interesting this and and it's difficult it's difficult to interpret it's difficult but that give and take, that, that engaging with what's in front of you, that seems there is a certain, there is, a, there is an enjoyment in that. Do you, do you know? Yeah. Is there not? There is an enjoyment in what's going on. Meaning not even from a, just there is an enjoyment in, in, in deciphering and discovering what's, what's happening over here. Does it have to be a difficult? Like just... Well, I think there's a, you, you run the risk of getting bored. Yeah, it's well. I think with anything, it's easier to engage with if it's if there's a slight um, challenge, right? We love challenge, or else you just get bored, right? You're just reading. Picture the difference between just like reading facts and so like almost like learning halach. The difference between learning halach and gemara. Halach is almost like whatever. If you learn a certain way, if you learn incorrectly, probably. Um, Okay, it's a a much bigger conversation, but I think that's like a a small start. So I hope. It's interesting. Yehuda spoke intelligently about the topic which very much comes up in Parshas Buchaisai. Because in Buchaisai, Telech Shatiyu Amelim Batayra. Person should toil in Tyra. Yehuda said something brilliant that our picture of a toiler, this guy toils, this guy doesn't. What does it mean to be amelus? What is amelus fatayra? We even say in every morning in Birch Satara, to be Isaac and Tyra. So when we, that, that language, toiling and Tyra, we have a picture, Yehuda saying, of somebody doing something that they don't want to do. Oh, I don't want to do this. And, and, and learning, despite that I don't want to do it, Yehuda is saying that's not what it means toiling. 
That's not what it means, toiling. It's engaging in a meaningful way. What I do want to do is the Iker of Amelus I want to continue what Yehuda is saying, just to add in a kuda. Chazal of Elashen, that Torah only stays by somebody who's may misatz, may kills himself for it. I was, it was very interesting. I was doing an interview in the back of the base Medrash, and Rai Shapiro was giving shear, and he was telling the guy something that was like earth-shattering. And somebody was like arguing with him, and I couldn't handle it. First of all, Rai Shapiro's humility is mind-blowing. He was saying extremely sophisticated things. And most of the guys are hearing at that. Somebody was in a tough mood and just like not letting him say. And Ray Shapiro's, his um, patience and humility is mind-blowing, blew my mind. Lumaisa, I want to explain another translation of Tyra's Miskayim by somebody who's mamus, asma, kills himself for it. Certainly, Yehuda is saying there's a mashmais killing, doing it when it's hard. And we picture a guy who's in no mood to learn and like powers through. There's some element of that, but I want to say, Avi, a whole nother pshat. And all of us could struggle with this. We just spoke about in learning. You learned it when you were younger. How do you learn it again? I learned it already. All of us struggle that we have our opinions before we sit down to learn already. And you have two options in learning. You can just stick with everything you know already. And you can learn, Tyra, and take all your ideas and stop them in everything you learn. But you're just taking your perspective and putting it in Tyra. The real way to learn Tyra is to kill yourself means to take out your preconceived notions, to take out how you thought and ask what's Hashem saying. To learn with the freshness of somebody who's willing to be impacted, who's willing to be taught, who's willing to hear something new. It's especially hard on something... I learned it already. If you're very arrogant... I learned it already. Hashem in His Torah is very... It's the Chachmas Hashem. Endless depth, endless understanding. A sophisticated person can learn something. Hashem, teach me. I don't care what I knew yesterday. By the way, every week we're learning Parshas B'chul Kaisai this year. So let me see what it's telling me. Let me see what Hashem is saying. Stop coming with your preconceived notions and thoughts and assumptions and the willingness to be a person who's, who's going to be impacted. There's, the Pasuk says that Kudi Hashem Yishar Misam and it says it's Machimas Pesi. I want everybody to hear this. This is, it's Kedai to hear. The Torah makes a stupid person smart. Machimas Pesi. I've told, I've told people that, I, I, I'll tell you something like this. A guy asked me on a Bachar in Yeshiva that he's Matzliach. He said, I don't understand. We had him and he wasn't Matzliach. Why is he Matzliach by you? I said, because you're smart and I'm dumb. He's a very smart person, this guy, and he has everybody figured out. He has all his preconceived thoughts and notions on people and uptaiches. And I, I'm dumb. I don't know people so well. We, you teach me about you. Let's find out. Let's figure out. The Torah's machimas pesi. It makes a stupid person smart. Smart people don't get smart from the Torah. If you're so smart, you know it all and understand it all. If a guy goes to Rabbi Shapiro Shir and is willing to be stupid, he'll become brilliant. If you're willing to say, I'm not so smart, there's a lot I don't know. There's a lot all of us don't know. We're not so smart. And you're willing to be unsmart, Torah will make you brilliant. And according to how much you're willing to be a pessy is how smart you'll get. Yeah, the Torah is machkimas pesi. It makes a fool smart. As much as you're willing to be a fool, that's how smart you'll get. And as much as you know already and have all the answers, you'll remain stupid. I, it, it brought it out, Shapiro saying something, be stupid for a minute and listen, hear him out. I'm not saying just to accept. And maybe you'll argue after, maybe you'll see clarification, maybe you'll, but will, willing to hear a new thing, hear what he's saying, hear what he's bringing out, Hear him out. Hear a new piece of Chachman. Maybe saying something you didn't think of. I know. I know already. I have it down. Okay. 
In the Torah, your willingness to be stupid and to not be smart. By the way, you can learn something you learn many, many, many times. If you're willing to say, maybe there's a new, a new point I can learn. You can learn a Masech that you've learned hundreds of times, a parish and a story, and it could change your life. If you're willing to be a pessy, if you're willing to be foolish. It takes humility. All of us know there's a lot we don't know. All of us know Hashem smarter than us. It's like you just said, an approach to Torah. When we say you're you kill yourself, that's what we're talking about. You forget your preconceived notions. You forget in learning, in learning Gemara, Avi, you'll see people who learn Gemara this way. I have seen, this is like the worst Chavrusa in the world. Is somebody who has his old notebook sitting right here. Run from a Chavrusa like that. And he like, you're learning a sugi and he has his old notes. It's like, the best chavrusi you learn them, it's like he never learned the sugi before. Because he's coming, the Gemara should teach me today. I'm, I'm a person sitting here today. It's true, I had a, I, 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 I've learned it before, but I'm a new person today. There are new things that are going to hit me today, a new way of connecting to the information. I, I, I have a new part of my life that it might say to me, we just, we today sat and learned the story of Esav. I'm not sure we had that perspective before. Or that view of who Esav was and what was happening and what the problem. We just thought Esav was some fraud who was tricking his dad. That was a six-year-old way of understanding Esav. All of a sudden we saw there's a whole different thing that we're very shy to you and I. Where we all, with cheshbainus, live with a certain respect. But how many of us, by living with such respect all our life, forget to deal with us? We're always trying to be respectful to everybody that we actually, along the way, forgot to live our truths. And to understand if some chabonim of Sheshcha saying that's Esav, that's like, that's a new story. But you have to be willing to be stupid. You have to be willing to minus what I thought I know, how I thought about it. I'm willing to learn. I have a dentist who's not yet from his daughter. It became from Zitzadekas. She's married with a big family. And my dentist, the daughter, lived by my wife and I for a year. She lives in, she, she's, she has a beautiful mishpacha. They actually hear the shiurim in her family. They're tremendous people. And and her father is my dentist, and he likes having conversations and talks about all different topics, controversial topics. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever had your dentist like talking to you and your teeth. I mean, it's like very unfair. <laughs> I can't talk back much, but your dentist, we have, and he likes sports a lot, so he goes there. I actually gave for his dentist office the Waterbury CD. And I came back one time, they were listening to the Waterbury CD in the dentist office. They clearly liked it. But, um, he once, we once had a whole debate on a topic. He came with his son to my house and we had a whole debate on a topic. And when I came to his office, I have frequented the dentist a lot, he gave me a book on the topic that we had debated. And he asked me for my opinion on the book. And, and I looked at the book, I looked it over a little bit, and I felt that it was a tremendously, I can't prove this, but we all know when we talk to somebody who's honest about a topic and seeking truth, Allah, somebody like Ray Shapiro, who's from the most open-minded people who just wants to know the truth, no agenda, to somebody who's already long before the topic started, knows what they want to say, has a preconceived notion and presents as if they're seeking truth, but you're not, and I felt on that book was taking ideas that this author wanted and decided before, and then was using life to prove what they decided before. And the, the key to learning Torah, the main misatzmai Allah, the key to learning Torah, and this is included in our melus Torah. We associate toil and tire how many hours? There are people who learn 15 hours a day. I do not consider them toilers and tire Because they're the same guy they always were. They're not willing to change from tire They're not, they're not toiling and tire They're almost, they're almost like spending 15 hours a day putting their chachma on the page. Part of toil and tire and amelus ha is a very difficult task of saying, is Hashem telling me something different than I am? 
is Hashem demanding something different than I am and demanding me to be something different than I am. That's part of toil and tire, a huge part of toil. That's the main misatzmeh, let it kill yourself for it. That's a beautiful thing to take what it says here and say, let me learn in a way and see what it's guiding me, how it's directing me. What it, it's very scary to do that. It feels very unsafe. I feel much more safe with what I know, with what I think, with what I have, than to say, maybe I don't know it all. It's very gutsy to be that way, to say, maybe I don't know it all. Maybe I could hear a new, a new point. Maybe I could change. Maybe I could see things different. That's, and when you do that, machkimas pesi, the Torah makes you smart. smart. That's part of amelus Torah. That's part of the toiling. That's part of the mamus atzmeolah, the willingness to do that. I like what Yehuda said a lot because the association of Amelos is only one picture. And Yehuda was pointing out that it's not just when I dread it and don't like doing it, do it. That's, that's the, there's way other things in Amelos. Yehuda was talking about really embracing Torah, engaging in this, be, be, being serious about it as toil and Torah, not learning what you don't like, actually engaging what you do like is the ikr of Amelus Torah, is taking Hashem's Torah and really engaging it in a serious way, in a way of in a way that I really want to learn. I want to know what Hashem wants. I, it was we was like Shabbos that um, Nissan Black came and spoke. He said many beautiful things. It was so cool to hear a person describe that he was curious for truth and he read the entire Tanakh twice. It was so precious. He just wanted to know, Hashem, tell me about you. Tell, what do you like? What don't you like? What are you into, Hashem? And he said in wanting to know what Hashem likes, he just wanted to know what Hashem's into. He read Tanakh twice. How precious way of learning Torah. What does Hashem talk about in the Torah? What's he into? What does he like? What does he dislike? The honesty of we all have assumptions to that question. We're all convinced we know. The honest willingness to engage in Torah and ask what Hashem likes. I want to continue in this aspect of Amelus HaTorah and I want to give a comfort to the guys. I want to tell you something that will comfort you. I just described something very scary. The willingness to say I don't know, the willingness to say that I'm not so smart and find out what Hashem wants, what Hashem's into, is actually frightening. And it's, there's a deep fear in anybody starting on a journey of learning Torah, of going to Rebbeim, is maybe I'll end up like a Tibetan monk. Like, like what's the end of this? What am I going to look like? How's this going to go? It's a crazy journey. I'm not letting go like that. I feel very safe who I am, what I am. Very scary. There's something else that, that Nissan Black said, Shabbos, that was like dazzling to me. And this any seeker shares a similar story. A guy in yeshiva here, who I like a lot, he's in Eretz Yisrael and Koilo with children for many years, went to a Rebbe, who I'm not convinced understands people so well, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not convinced that it's that that he's the biggest guide of people, or not a bad person. I'm not convinced of what type of guide he is for people. Nothing wrong with the person, but but the Rebbe said to this particular bacher, he said, "I want to give you a bracha that one day you break your guitar." That line makes me shudder. I wonder if that Rebbe would say to David HaMelech, I hope one day you break your harp. And that would be pretty tragic if David HaMelech ever broke his harp, and he'll never break his harp. And, and I want to say something that dazzles me. Nissen Black is a person who clearly went on a journey that ended way out of his comfort zone. The man went from a rapster in Seattle to a from Erlich Yid in Eretz Yisrael in, in Beit Shemesh. And he said something amazing. He said that at a point in his life he was doing no music and he started really introspecting what Hashem wants from him and he concluded in very thoughtful ways and complete bikusha emes in consultation with his Rebbe that Hashem wants him to play music. 
I was so moved. I wanted like I don't. I, I try not. I don't. I don't control things here. If it was me, we would have given like a five. Like Naftali Fagan got that standing ovation before he left. Nissen Black would have gotten a five minute standing ovation if it was up to me. And what moved me a lot is when we let go and seek the truth. You know, we don't just find Hashem. You know, what we find there us. You. <laughs> The truth is very close to us. You don't give up yourself. In seeking the truth, you end up finding yourself. I found it so cool for a man who let go of everything in a very profound way. And in the final analysis, I say the final because his life continues on. But as he's seeking truth, he found out that he's very good at music. And Hashem wants him to play music. I was moved by that. Because I think people who let go... And it's a very comforting thing to us all to let go, to be a fool, and to let go, to be a pessy, is don't be worried, you'll find you. I asked many kids doing interviews, I interviewed a kid this morning, and I did not ask him this question, but he's coming from a more different type of background, and I asked many kids, it scare you, you're going to become a fiery bentoyer when you graduate here. You're going to be on fire at Ruchnes. You're going to care about avoid the Hashem. Does that scare you? And kids, there are kids who don't take that question seriously. They don't believe it's true. Or they're just not thinking like that. Some kids have really thought, and many smart kids have said to me, if I'll be happy and be comfortable with it, then I'm not afraid of it. What they're saying is, as long as it's me. As long as it's me. And those, that truth, we sing the Pasuk, we say in Yeshiva David a lot. Tyre is very close to you. In letting go, you'll come to you. In letting go, you don't just come to Hashem, you come to you. You'll be introduced to you. It's very close to the person. Yes, David. What? No. No, I punked in. I do often today, I punked in. But I think, David, the question for any person is an important question. And it's something that all of us, in, 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 all of us struggle in letting go. Maybe I'll become something that's like foreign to me. It's a very encouraging point that the Torah brings a person to themselves, not away from themselves. It was cool to meet a searcher who came to Yeshiva, describe the journey that you would think for somebody who's willing to completely let go and it brought him to talents he has. I don't think you tell a musician that my bracha to you is you should one day break your guitar. <laughs> my bracha to you is you should one day discover guitar playing. What it means, what, the, what it means. Is there a period in your life where you may have to stop to come back in a holier way? Maybe, that's precious to Kedusha. But the hope is not that David HaMelech breaks his harp. Chas to say that to somebody I think is distortions very dangerous distortions the hope is that you discover your heart the hope is you discover how important, how precious it is not you drop it and destroy it so I wanted to describe that all this is part, this week's parashas the message of that you should toil in Torah part of toiling in Torah is the willingness to be changed by Torah they're Memches Kenyane Atayra. They're 48 Kenyane Atayra. We'll end with this point, is the point we're making. The first one is Talmud. Talmud means Zach to learn. Talmud means to learn. But Talmud means something else also, means to be a student of. The first Tanaif Atayra is the willingness to be a student of Tyra. There's a word of the day I want to teach. I want everybody to get the word malleable. Malleable. Say the word, Zach. Please, Avi, look on your phone and translate malleable for everybody's. Malleable. Read out loud. The ability to be bent and shaped without cracking is called malleable. Something's malleable if you can mold it and bend it. Talmud means to be malleable. 
The, the first condition for learning is the willingness to change, the willingness to be bent, the willingness to, to grow, the willingness to be molded by Torah is malleable. There are a lot of arrogant people that are not willing for the journey. There are a lot of people who aren't arrogant, they're just human and scared. They're molded into what? So it's scary. We have to have the emuna, the faith, that the Torah Hashem is giving us something that fits us, that fits us, that is loyal to us. Chazal speak about Tumas Yesharim Tanchem, that the trust of Klal Yisrael allowed us to accept the Torah. Since your fathers trusted Hashem, what was the faith? The faith was I'm willing to say that when you teach me and guide me and elevate me, it will be true to me. It won't be something I'm not. It won't be something I'm not shy to. That's the Bavur that we had a faith and that remains ever true. The person who learns is willing to be changed. When I hear a Rebbe talk and share Divrei Torah, you could see, I watch Yaakov Koko learn by Ray Shapiro, and we've watched somebody who's soared for two years, who's changed his life, I would say he had that first condition of Torah, Talmud. He's willing to be foolish, a brilliant guy. Smart people are willing to be, are willing to be stupid. There's a, by, by Shabbos Mencha, after Shmanesre, we say a little, a few psukim and tillim, right after Shmanesre, Shabbos Mencha, and we say a line, Adam ubehema teshi Hashem. A human being and an animal Hashem saves. And Chazal say, Adam shemesim atzmai kebehema. A human being who's willing to be an animal Hashem saves. What we mean by that is you're willing to say you're not so smart. You're willing, you're willing to let go a little bit. That people never willing. I know, I, I hold, I learned, I saw. <laughs> okay. So then you remain, you're not going to be impacted. But the person who's willing to say, maybe I don't know. Maybe I could hear something new. I watch Rai Shapiro, any Rebbe for that matter, is teaching Torah. If somebody's willing to say, could I learn something here? Maybe I don't know. All of a sudden, the fool becomes very, very smart. That is the learning process all our life. That is what it means. Very simply, the toil in Torah is the willingness to let go. Somebody can learn many hours a day and never once let go. I do not consider them a mele they're not Amal and Tyra. They don't have a willingness to be Mamesat. They're the same guy they were before. They're learning diligently. That's not that Mamesat. The Tyra is referring to That's not Mamesat. They're diligent. They're very, they're very studious. It's a very nice thing. That's not malleable. They have the Talmud. They have the learning part, not the malleability. Are you willing to be changed by what you're studying? Are you willing to ask what's the Tyra asking of me and wanting from me? That's your to you. I'm Malem Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. You have been listening to a shear from ShasIlluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics, or to hear an Eon shear on any Dauphin Shas, including Myron McClellan's on each shear, please visit www.ShasIlluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427 or email info at shasilluminated.org.